0: The question is Is there any value to doing that at all? And hopefully, at the end of the class, we will come to some uh, closure on that idea. So, let's take a look inside, and we're going to go with a number of questions and trying to build on one main idea. So, in this week's Parsha, Yaakov leaves home and he's going to Haran to find himself a wife. So, uh, as he goes to Lovin's house, and Lovin says, "What would you like?" so in the first source we 're told thene Leia Rakos, and Leia had weak eyes yefas toar vifas mara. and Rachel was shapely and beautiful so Rashi picks up on the fact that turs usually does not discuss negative things about people, and why would he have to say that the eyes of Leia were not pretty. So Rashi explains She thought that she was going to end up having to fall into the lot of Esav. She cried a lot. Why? That, uh, That there were two sons to Rivka, two daughters to Lavan, the oldest would marry the oldest, the youngest would marry the youngest. So it seemed that Leah would be the one marrying Esau. Now Rashi gets this from a Gemara in Baba Basra in source number three that says a little bit more over here. Uh, and there was, there was more a discussion, were her eyes really not nice? Were they, were they nice? So it says that yes, her, her eyes were not pretty but it says but that is not something to be looked as a way to denigrate her but rather it's a praise for her Why? says Shamas, she heard now this is what it says she would hear people talking at the crossroads they were saying Rivka has two sons two daughters to love on the older to the older, the younger to the younger. Now let's move on to the little bullet point by number three. So that's what people were saying. And Leah would sit at the crossroads. And she would ask people, tell me about the actions of the older one. He's a bad guy. He... He robs from people. What about the younger one? What is about you know about him? He says he learns Torah. He's in Kolo. She was crying. at She cried to the point where her eyelashes fell off. So what we're seeing is she was virtuous. She didn't want to marry a Russian. So here is the question that uh, some of the commentaries ask over here, and that is, okay, it, the way the Gemara says is she, she was sitting at the crossroads. So it seems it wasn't just a one-time thing. Mm-hmm. It's just she's sitting, people are coming, oh, do you know anything about Esau? Oh, he's a terrible guy, he's really bad. Um. Now remember, until uh, Yaakov comes, he's 77 years old. It makes Asaph 77 years old. Mm-hmm. Okay, now these girls knew they were going to marry these guys for a number of years, a number of years. Mm-hmm. So the question is, you know, why does she keep asking about Asaph? She asked once, oh, he's a terrible guy. So a few weeks later she asks, Oh, he's a really terrible guy. A few weeks later, she asks, he's a real terrible guy. What is she, a glutton for punishment? Right? Every time they're telling her her terrible reports. So why does she have to keep hearing what's going on over here? Just You heard it once. You know he's in Russia. Let it go. From the Gomorrah, it seems she keeps hearing it over and over and over about that. It's almost like uh, watching, if, if she had... Um a, a computer, and she had connection to social media, she 'd be keeping up with everything bad that they was uh-huh. doing so um so what what's the point of that? I mean, once you know you know he's a russia he's a russia he could do Chuba. yeah, he could chuva but what wasn't likely he's going to do chuva no, like, very fast, and like why do you want to keep hearing about it so uh it, she heard what it is, and you know come to terms with it, either try to figure a way to get out of it or not so why does she have to keep hearing that so we'll just put that question to the side but we have much stronger questions to deal with okay so we know what happens yaakov comes he works seven years he's expecting to have rachel we know that he makes the special signs that nobody else will know etc etc we're all aware of the story we're not beginners over here and in the last minute uh lovin makes a switch switches Leah instead of Rachel and at the very last minute Rachel decides to let Leah know the secret code so she won't be embarrassed fine so then they get married and that that night the wedding night Yaakov is not any the wiser he doesn't know what's going on but now it's the next morning so on the next morning Yaakov wakes up and the Pasuk says Vihinei Leah and she's Leah so let's take a look at what the Medrash Rabbah has to say over here. Source number four. So when did he bit Safra in the morning? Vihinehi leah. And she is leah. Omar um, Lohi said, Ma Ramaysa Basrama. What are you, a deceiver, a daughter of a deceiver? Lav Ava Karina Rochel. Wasn't I calling you last night Rochel? Va'at and you are answering me What what's going on Umra le she said to him Is sapper the meeting Is there a barber without disciples Okay interesting statement didn't your father called you out Esav, Thing you were asov Va'at onela and you answered him that you were a sub? A very strange answer. In other words, Yaakov seems to be uh, very surprised to put it mildly. And he kind of says, what is this? You're, you're the deceiver, a daughter of a deceiver? So she th- seems to be throwing it right back at him. And says, "And are you any different? Exactly. What a great way to start a marriage. <laughs> okay, so how do we understand this discussion? So that's uh, question number two. It's very unusual. What, 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 is, what is she trying to tell him? You know, we're, we're a basher tzedekh. We're both a bunch of schemers. Is that, you know, that doesn't seem to be the, the answer. So let's, uh, let's, and hopefully we'll have a big chiddish to say at the end of the class. So that's how many questions so far? Two, uh, two questions. Let's move on. So uh, so what happens? So uh Leia is able to have children, Rachel's not able to have children. Okay. So Leia Rachel is concerned, source number five. Vatera Rachel kiloyal de La Rachel saw she hadn't given birth to children for Yaakov. Rachel Bahosa, and Rachel was jealous of her sister, not a a plain type of jealousy, a, a negative jealousy. She was jealous of her good deeds and her good actions. She says to Yaakov, Havalivanim, give me sons, give me children. Vim <laughs> if not, I'm dead. Okay. So uh, next passage Raf Yaakov Yaakov's upset with rochel Am I instead of Hashem, Asher mona Mech Privoted, who held children back from you? So what's this idea held back children from you? So Rashi in source six says, so what was the discussion? She was saying to him, why didn't you daven for me? Right. And she says, why did you, your your father davened for your mother, right. and she got children, yeah. so why didn't you daven for me? So Rashi says, "What Yaakov's response is: You say that I should do as my father did, but I'm not in the same circumstances as my father was. My father had no children. I, however, have children. It's from you, Hashem, has withheld children, and not from me. Now is." Is, is this the way you speak to your wife?
1: It's dead.
0: What's, yeah? <laughs> would, would not be good if he was your husband, <laughs> Esther. Lie, lie. Good he wasn't married to <laughs> Esther. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it's like, you know, it's... <laughs> he held, held back the kids wow. from you. What do you want from me? My father, but they both didn't have kids. I'm having kids. Very, very strange behavior over here. So mean. Okay, let's, <laughs> let's continue. Let's continue. So uh, what? So they're continuing to have more children. Leah has more children. Rachel doesn't have children. Okay. Then we have the famous story where Ruven goes out into the fields and gets the dudoim, gets the jasmine flowers, which have some uh, benefit Schula. to help uh, women to have children. So uh, Rachel asks Leah for those uh, flowers. So what does Leah say? source 7 she says isn't it enough that you took my husband and now you want my son's flowers so that's pretty sharp language too Rachel is, she doesn't have any kids One worse than the other What do you want? She doesn't have any kids gave, At least give me this aphrodisiac you already, gave, have, you already have uh, three. Four, uh, Six kids Whatever she's doing she's has, has a lot of kids already I don't have any so Just give me some flowers That's not even true, I mean, Rachel gave the code to Leah Oh, so okay. okay So that is one question Rachel gave the code to Leah True but let's uh, let's just put that, uh, and we once had a whole class on that. Yeah. But let's just put that to the side, okay. if you can. Yeah. Let's assume she even didn't give her a coat. Let's assume she didn't give her a coat. Well, why why did Rachel take her husband? Like, I mean, well, well not, yeah, let, let, that, you know, let's assume that Leah didn't know
1: whatever. Even but, putting all that aside, we did. always said Leah would said thought she was destined to Asib, so Rachel was destined to Yaakov. So why would she think? Um, okay, that, uh, Rachel took. Her, uh,
0: Again, it seems pretty nasty.
1: But doesn't it seem accurate. She knew that he loved okay. Rachel. She knew he loved uh, Rachel. Of yeah. course,
0: Rachel. of course, she loved Rachel. But still, so shouldn't still she be good. kinder to have children? But even the
1: destiny that we started talking about from the beginning of this year, the destiny was that it was Rachel was destined for Yaakov. Right. So why is she saying you took my husband?
0: Okay, you took, well, she's talking the about question, the love. She means the love, well, she means the love, obviously. Okay. She means the love. but still, if, you know, if you're looking at it just from Rashi's, it seems that everybody's being pretty nasty over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Pretty nasty over here. Okay, let's continue. Source number eight. Source number eight. score. this is where we read on Rosh Hashanah. Finally, 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 HaShem listens to Rochel. Uh, he remembers Rochel. He remembers Rochel. And HaShem listened to her. And she opened up her room. Okay. So what did HaShem remember? So Rashi in Source 9 says, He remembered her that she gave the signs to her sister and she was now suffering maybe she'll end up in the lot of Esav why? because maybe Shema, Yaakov. maybe Yaakov will divorce her she has no sons and Esav was thinking about that too when she sure, heard she didn't have any children oh, yeah, yeah. So we have two major problems with this Rashi How many years has it been Since Rachel gave The secret code to Leah
1: 14
0: plus. No Eight years okay. Eight years From the wedding night Till all these children that have been born Until this time mm-hmm. Until Rachel finally gets pregnant So I don't know God doesn't seem to have very good memory mm-hmm. What took eight years for Hashem to remember? Vosepis now? And how does Rashi know that indeed there was a concern that Yaakov would divorce her? Where does Rashi come up with that idea that he's about to divorce her? Okay, let's uh, continue to the next page. What? the way he answered. Yeah, what? <laughs> the was it way he
1: way he answered.
0: The way who went? The way he no, answered okay. her before? She you want when she told him, I'm going to die. And this is, say, you, Hashem doesn't want you to have kids. Not me. I have kids. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. All right. Let, let's move on. Uh, man who
1: doesn't want you to talk to you like that.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Hope, okay. Hope Let, hope let's about. Let's now go back to last week's There's A lot of connection between the two parshas here. Looking at source number 10, when Esau comes in, he wants those red beans. Yes, so Rashi tells us in Source 10, when did this happen? He says, on that day, Avram died. And why did Avram have to die on that day? If you remember, we said that on that day, Avram died at 175. Yeah, yeah, 175. He dies at 175. Why didn't he live 180 years like Yitzhak does, which was really the amount of time they were all supposed to live 180 years? So he died... In order that he might not see his grandson Asa Falling into degenerate rays Hashem promised him a, a ripe old age And a ripe old age is not hearing That your grandson is a murderer And all these terrible things Therefore he cut his life short by five years Yitzchak lived 180 Avram only lived 175 Okay So let's think about this. If you're God, do you have maybe another solution? Now, let's understand. At this time, Avram's 175. Yitzchak is 75. 75. The boys are 15. On this day, Esau becomes a Russia, And it becomes public knowledge. So Hashem has Avram die right before he hears about this public knowledge. Right? But I really should have lived another five years. Now if you're God and you could do a lot of things. Now you promised Avram a good old age. He's gotta lose five years because Esau's a rush. Okay, I get this. But you know, you're God, you could do a lot of things, can't you? Of course. Now if you were God, what idea could God come up with so Avram can live a hundred and eighty years? Yeah. For five years. You're maybe. saying he could delay Esau's averus for five years. That's already a bit of free will choice, my friend. Yeah. It's
1: could have married Esau. It,
0: I'm well, sorry. If
1: you maybe married him.
0: Who who married him?
1: Made him marry Esau. He was married to. Well,
0: he's young. He's only 15.
1: The
0: you, were, you were close. I thought you were going to hit it, Shea. You were. It could, it could, could I it. thought you, you were so close. We could have been We could opened the womb earlier. That Rachel's womb could have been opened earlier. could oh, it have did. opened whose womb earlier? Rachel's. Rachel? We're not we're talking not about Rachel now. Back. Rachel's not in the scene yet. Okay. Let's time. go back. Let's go back. back Avram's 175. Yeah, yeah. The two boys it's are only 15. They're not marrying anybody yet. Okay, yeah. That's too simple. Yeah, so delay Isav to be Russia.
1: Wasn't it about Nimrod? Let, keep Nimrod what? alive longer?
0: Send so him so to... So we can keep Nimrod alive send, send, send him exactly. to Lavan. Okay, or, go. On, okay, go away. away. I don't know. It's so tempting, with you guys. Okay, well, let's backtrack a little here. Uh, Yitzhak and Rivka are married. Yitzhak is 40, Rivka's three, or whatever age she oh, is, according to so. Chazal. Now... They were married 20 years. She didn't have children. Right? They must have been davening for a while. Right? So waited five more years. Ah, very good. What? Why couldn't God have. The... They already waited 20 years. Yeah. Noosa wait 25. Yeah if ah. you wait 25 years till they
1: have the kids
0: then and Avram would be 180 then Avram be 180 when, the when they're 15, 15. Ah. and now you know that's so okay. Rivka and Yitzhak they waited that's why I'm wait. Wait. okay so they <laughs> davened so Hashem says listen you know what I hear you're davening very nice but you know what I want Avram to live five more years wouldn't that be a good so- like he promised Avram a good old age why does Avram got to lose five years for that, so this is all of our questions that we have. So to briefly summarize, why is Leah keep asking everybody every 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 week or so how how how's Esav doing? What, what does she need to hear this all the time? Mm-hmm. Number two, why does Leah tell back Yaakov, and uh, you think I'm a swindler? What about you? And when Rachel says please you have to pray for me to have children See, so yeah because it's your problem it's not mine and we said um it's, it's yeah, the, the sharp response that leah gave to rachel for the flowers yeah. and then hashem remembers after eight years what she did and then she gets pregnant okay and this last question over here so the basic is just one premise is the main answer and with this, we can answer everything and we can advance things and move into all kinds of directions. And let's just say the mania is and then with the mania sowed, we'll we'll move on with a lot of things. So most people think that when they have Taurus in their life, whatever it could be, God forbid, sickness, challenges with shiduchim, not having children, parnosa. So we all know we have to daven. We know we got a daven. So we assume it goes like this I have a problem. The response to the problem is to daven. But the truth of the matter is, it's the exact opposite. It's not I have a problem, so now I go daven. But really, what Hashem wants is to hear you daven. And how is he going to hear you daven? Well, if I don't have any problems, then. I got nothing to ask God for. person who has no troubles, it's almost as if Hashem has forgotten them. So Hashem speaks to them in a way called suffering. Okay. And now, if things aren't going well, and now you have to go to Hashem and you talk to Hashem, then that was the goal. The goal was to have communication with Hashem the whole reason we're here is a relationship with Hashem and if everything's going well the tendency for people is to forget about things and uh, then you don't have to you don't have to ask for anything from a Kodesh baruch Hu. so therefore the fact that a person's having problems he should be grateful for that because or at least to understand that Hashem is wants to have some dialogue with you. Not that Hashem is lonely, not that he's a megalomaniac but Hashem knows the best thing for you is to have a relationship with him. There can be nothing better for you than to have this connection with Hashem because when you have that connection with Hashem you have a connection to a much more spiritual lifestyle. That's what we were created for, to have this relationship with Hashem. And if we forget about that, that's the worst thing that could happen to us. So it's not like uh it's not like the uh you know the 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 bad joke of the parent who um hasn't heard the child, uh the child's in university or in yeshiva, hasn't heard anything from the child in weeks and weeks. So the parent uh sends an envelope, it says, Dear uh, Chaim, hope you're doing well. Um I hope this uh ten thousand dollar check will be enough to tide you over for the next few weeks. Signed Dad. So kid gets the letter he calls dad up he says hi dad oh so nice to hear from you by the way you forgot to put the check in the letter <laughs> so the father's saying to himself of course i forgot to put the check in the letter that's how i got the call okay so that's that's generally the idea over here but hashem isn't a parent who's upset that you don't speak to him He has nothing to lose if you don't speak to him. We have everything to lose if we don't speak to HaKadosh Baruch Our whole life is different. The whole idea, as David HaMelech said, that uh, uh, for me, what's good for me is being close to Hashem. There can be no greater pleasure in the world than being close to Hashem, but if you're so successful with everything you're going to do, then, then where's going to be this relationship with Hashem? I once had somebody who came over to me oh, many, many years ago, this fellow yeah, has a job, and uh, you know, a regular kind of job, not, uh, he's making a living, so to speak, but uh, he once came to me and said, you know, I don't know, it seems, you know, I work, my wife works, we have kids, this and that, but every month, every month, when it comes to the end of the month, we, we, we just barely make it. The bills get paid. Why can't Hashem just give it to me a little easier so I don't have distress at the end of the month? So I told him this idea. I said, You're lucky. You're lucky because you're always looking to Hashem for help. You're not forgetting Hashem. You know, it's interesting that same fellow. So, you know, you tell that to the person, but the person still would love to have that comfort. Anyway, this same person, a couple years later, comes to me. And mentions that, uh, you know, he was uh, given a business opportunity, one of these investments you can't lose. You Mm. can't lose. Not only you can't lose, but there were so many very responsible, conservative type of investors, like really conservative investors. You know, maybe as conservative as you, Paul, you know. And and, and the guy was, you know, was a lawyer and this and that. So, like, he knows when it's a phony or not and things like that. And the guy, he invested, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars. So this fellow took a bigger mortgage on his house to invest. And the whole thing went belly up and they lost, everybody lost all their money. Why? So now he comes to me and says, how do you explain this? So I said, Hashem really loves you. Hey, uh... Now, you might have... you loved me a little less. You, you might you have, <laughs> you know, maybe sought more guidance with other people. But uh, the point is, you really now have to talk to Hashem because you got a lot to tell him now. So he wants to hear more from you. So that, you know, that that's the MS. It's a hard MS to take because there's a Yetzirah, a tremendous Yetzirah to want to be independent. But that is really, from a Jewish perspective, very foolish because the truth of the matter is... It's all from Hashem. And the only way you can remember that is when things don't go right. And therefore, when we look at a tough situation, you should be saying to yourself, instead of, this is tough, okay, I guess I'll have to, David Hashem, I hope that will help. But if you realize that, you know what, that is the whole reason this has happened, is that you will talk to Hashem. Then you look at it from a whole different perspective. Are saying it's not humanly possible to govern in sufficiently intensely without... It, for, well, first of all, it is, but you will always pray better when you have certain right. sorrows. You'll yeah. always pray better. You will get closer to Hashem. Now, if you're somebody like Rabbi Nachman, where Rabbi Nachman, he felt that every time he prayed, he felt his life was on the line. Mm-hmm. Okay, but many of us are not like that. Right. Or even if we are, but if it's really even harder, we pray harder. And then we've heard the stories about the Tzadik who was in a hovel and thought he was fine and didn't pray because he was happy with that. He was happy because he was happy with his closeness to Hashem. So he he wasn't missing anything. He wasn't Uh, even feeling any suffering. It was Rabbi Zusha, right? Yeah. yeah, Rabbi Zusha said, I don't know what it means to not have to have things. People were sent to him to understand. That's right. So that's what he was able to tell them. Mm. Okay. So Hashem gives us problems. So that we should pray to Hashem That is the goal And if someone has no problems And he's a regular person Not a person like Rabbi Nachman That means Hashem's forgotten about him And that's really All of a sudden The fridge broke All of a sudden the car got stolen All of a sudden you're talking to Hashem So that's one way to look at what's going on In Eretz Yisrael I don't think the Jewish people in in recent memory have all been praying to Hashem like they've been praying now especially those who have children in Eretz Israel, especially those who have children on the front lines and for whatever reason Hashem feels it's really important that we really talk to Him and that's what we we can't lose sight it's not we're davening to get the, the hostages back of course we are but that wasn't the goal the goal was that Klal Yisrael has to be united talking to Hashem. And we say that's why the matriarchs were barren. And that's why the matriarchs were barren. Hashem lusts to hear their prayers. Now let's give an interesting proof to this. Let's look in source number 11. When Yitzhak and Rivka are, Yitzhak's praying for Rivka in last week's Parsha. Tell me what's wrong with this pasuk. It says V'ye Yitzchak la Hashem L'nocha chishto Yaakov uh, Yitzhak is praying pleading with Hashem it's a form of prayer on behalf of his wife for she was barren ok what's the obvious question why, is his wife not doing the same thing?
1: why didn't
0: his wife she also so, davened
1: okay. 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 Hey,
0: well Vayetar hey, is a very deep expression of prayer very like abundant of prayer lots of prayer
1: but doesn't he want children
0: them? Of course, of he wants wife. children. He's. So why is
1: just on behalf of his wife?
0: Well, because she, because she was barren. he yeah, wasn't. He wasn't the one who was right, barren. She that's was. A good question.
1: But if he, if he, if he also talked about why he wants children too, would that
0: not help? The well, let, let, those are good questions, but let's just focus on the words here. Okay. Just within the words here, what's wrong with this passage? No. Well, what, what, what should be the order of? The, I'm telling you a story. Yitzhak and Rachel are married. Let's go through. We're telling over a story. Boys and girls, we're gonna like you're telling your children a story. Not that you're little children, but if you would be telling the story to children, how would you tell the story? Well, I want you to know there was a nice man named Yitzhak, nice woman named uh, Rivka. They got married, and they were married for twenty years. All right. Now, what would be the next thing you would say in the story? She was didn't have
1: children.
0: She didn't have children. Wouldn't that be the next part of the story? Yeah. Yeah. And then what's the next part? You played. So what's they the Pussic's order? They first. He prayed first. because she was barren? Say she was barren and he prayed. Say the story in order. So what must be the answer be? That's what we just said. The reason why he was praying is because. It, she what, she didn't have children because Hashem wanted him to pray. Yeah. If it's telling me he was, the whole purpose of her praying is she didn't have children, it would say she didn't have children, and then he prayed. But it says he prayed. What do you mean? From what? Because Hashem wanted him to pray. So what did he have to do to get him to pray? Korahi because and and vayetar is not a simple expression of prayer. It's like a very strong It's like an abundance of prayer Pleading That's right. Not just regular Now we know Yitzchak was a good Baal He already incorporated Mincha into our Tvilos This is a very strong expression Because Hashem wanted Yitzchak I'm sure Yitzchak didn't forget about Hashem But Hashem certainly was looking forward To a greater level of prayer That could only happen at this point what was going on really hashem wanted hashem to pray for her and that's why hashem made her barren okay
1: we're saying desire is greater than gratitude like you can't
0: pray out of gratitude the same way you pray because you desire something uh well it's 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 well it's a different type of prayer Uh there's there's many different types of prayer gratitude is a very nice prayer Mm -hmm. but uh when you're desperate the prayers are going to be if they don't have children there's no Jewish people <laughs> you could thank Hashem and really mean it I really love you Hashem and I appreciate everything you do for me but then when you're getting desperate yeah. then you're going to more of your kishkas are going to come out yeah. and that's, that's not anything wrong on your part and again it doesn't have to be that you know we forgot about Hashem and Hashem is making us pray it doesn't have to be seen that way you're a gaval to gaval tzvila you really dava nicely but you don't know how much deeper you could pray for, to me and I think that happens in, in relationships a husband and wife can love each other but if, if nebuch, they have to go through very big difficult times together they're good people but when you go through the you get closer. That's just the reality. You you live through near death experience, and you mamish, you start pondering what would happen. Hey, my spouse is going to die, and this and And you are you know you you don't know what's in. Just like Avram's ten tests, Avram didn't know how great he was till he was pushed to bring it all out. So so that's what Hashem is doing. He wants us to bring this all out because only that's that's the goal. The goal is not to get the prayer answered. The goal is to get closer to Hashem. And that's what we have over. Ah, so once we have this, now we can start to explain some interesting things. Some of the answers, they all fall into place. The main reason that people get into trouble is because Hashem wants to hear them. Once he hears them, then there's no need for the problem anymore. Right? No need? That's
1: just how long does he have to hear them? No need? So so now
0: let's understand. So Avram... We said, why doesn't she... Why does Rivka have the kid five years later? The answer is, Rivka should never have been barren to begin with. Mm -hmm. She should never have been barren to begin with. Why did Hashem make her barren? For only one reason. To pray intensely. So for 20 years, they didn't pray intensely. Why? First of all, the first 10 years, she was too young to have kids. She couldn't have kids. And then... Now that she could have kids, so Yitzhak said, okay, now we wait 10 years like my father waited 10 years. So now it's 20, 10 years that now she could have kids and she can't have kids. So this is 10 years and now what is Hashem waiting for? He's wait, he made this so she would pray. So once she prays, then what's the point of putting her through this anymore? So, it's not a question of saying, well, Hashem, you made her weigh 20, make her weigh 25. That is, you're saying the problem came, uh-huh. and then, but now it's Hashem wanted the tevilah. So, once we came to this level of vayetar, ooh, I had never had a vayetar prayer before. This is what I really wanted. Boom, it's time to have the kids. Yes, yes. So, now let's take it further. Now, this now explains Yaakov's response to Rachel. Yaakov's response to Rachel is saying, Rachel, you have to know, what is going on over here? Is it just Hashem is giving you troubles and it's a question of praying for it? Rachel, what's Hashem waiting for? Waiting for you to pray to him. Mm. Now, by my father, my father didn't have kids. My mother didn't have kids. So Hashem was waiting for both of them to pray for them. But the fact that I have children and you don't have children, what's the real issue? The real issue is Hashem waiting for you to pray. And my prayer isn't going to help. It's interesting, the stipler, when people went, that's Reb Chaim Kanievsky's father. When people went to the stipler and they asked him to daven for them, you know what his answer would always be? Let's say they were sick. He says, you know, the prayer of the sick person is better than my prayer. And people didn't understand what he meant. What are you talking about? Certainly, the stifler is a bigger tzaddik. But what he meant in those words is if Hashem gave you the sickness, it means he wants you to pray and not others to pray for you. Now, I'm sure Reb Chaim would pray. Right. I'm not saying he wouldn't pray. But he wanted people to realize, no, no, you're missing the whole point. Of course you're sick and tefillah is important. We're not denying any of that. But you got to ask, why is Hashem making you not well? Because He wants to hear you pray. And if He hears you pray, then the goal gets accomplished. Now this explains another great, great idea that we've discussed in the past. So we know the Gemara says, whatever money you're supposed to make during the year is decided on Rosh Hashanah. So Hashem decided already this Rosh Hashanah, how much money we're going to make to the penny. Now that, in- that includes gains and losses. So uh, uh, Right, uh, right Expenses uh, What, what net, you're earning your net, net, It's your the net. net So the net can you, you can make a lot of money And lose a lot of money yeah. But the net is what he decides So the question now is Okay, so good I had a good Rosh Hashanah I hope, whatever Whatever I had a Rosh Hashanah Hashem has already decided Okay, the fact I have to go to work Well that's the curse You have to do hishtablis. So that You got to do Heshtablus So you don't get the money But why they got to ask every day Parnosa. three times a day. I got to ask for Parnassah The question is, like, like what is is it? Maybe we've done so many Averis we don't deserve it anymore. You know, is is that the reason? What if I really haven't done the Averis? So we have to give the marshal like this. God says on Rosh Hashanah, okay, you're a good boy, you're a good girl. I'm going to give you. You're going to earn a hundred thousand dollars this year. And at that point, he puts the deposit in the bank. You have $100,000, no question about it. Now what does it help you to have $100,000 in the bank if you have no checks? Right? You want to use the money, right? right? So what do you do? You write a check and you can get money out of the bank. Okay. What if you don't write any checks?
1: It doesn't go.
0: You can't pay anything. So, what Hashem does every day, he wants you to write a check. Yeah.
1: So, he takes it.
0: He wants you to write a check. <laughs> you don't it's in the bank. bank. You got it. But so now, so you got money in the she, bank. She so, you just expect the money. You have to go to the ATM. Well, okay, you got to make a withdrawal. Yeah. Or you go to the ATM. Or you got to put the credit card into the thing. Go to Whatever it is. But what if, <laughs> no, what if you don't do but any of life, those things? What if you don't do any of those things? You're expecting to get money? It doesn't come out of the bank by itself. You've got to make a withdrawal.
1: Exactly.
0: And the, and you're going to the bank. Now, you don't have a great relationship with the bank because you don't even... Used to be in the old days, people had a relationship with their bank owner. The bank manager, it was really a close relationship. It was a friendship, an investment that was close. Now, we don't even know who's in. Who's in. We don't want to go into the bank. Just leave me alone. It's direct deposit, all these things. but so So the point is... You, just like, just like, um, so when Hashem says you got the money, all I want you to do, and Hashem's the banker,
1: to spend it.
0: Hashem's the bank manager. Hashem is saying no problem, just come to the bank, ask me to give you the money, and you make the withdrawal. You come to me and say, oh, Hi Hashem, can I make a withdrawal today? Sure, how much you need? Oh, I need uh, five hundred dollars. <laughs> Not a problem. You got a, a hundred thousand in the bank. Hashem wants you to come and visit the bank manager and make the withdrawal. That's why we have to pay three times a day. You see? It's at the same reason why Hashem had us have money every day. Because yeah. every day we'd ask Hashem. Yeah. So this way, and that's the whole point, Hashem wants us to speak to Him. It's good for us to speak to Him. So you had a great Rosh Hashanah, boom, you got 100000 If you didn't have such a great Rosh Hashanah, you get 50000 You had a really amazing one, you have a million. Guess what? It doesn't matter how much you get, you still got to go to the banker. Yeah. No matter what you have. If it's only 50000 it's better than nothing. The guy could have 50000 he goes three times a day, he gets the 50000 The guy's supposed to get a min- million, he doesn't want to go to the bank at all, he doesn't have anything so you know so that can happen in all ways shapes and sizes it could happen with unexpected losses of money etc etc but that's the whole point that's what we have to keep asking for okay so we have the deposit but we gotta make the withdrawal and that's famous Rashi and Brashis where Rashi tells us on the third day where the vegetation grew on a subterranean level it had not yet come out and the apostolic says why because there was no man to work the field And Rashi explains from Chazal, there's no one to daven for it. So same idea. Hashem said, it's all ready to go. But I'm just waiting for someone to make a withdrawal. So you talk to Hashem and Hashem makes the withdrawal for you. Okay. So now let's take a step further here. And let's appreciate another thing in in terms of levels of people who pray. And we will see there's a big difference between the prayer of a poor person and the prayer of a wealthy person. And we're not talking merely in terms of money. It could be in terms of mental capacity, uh, in terms of so many different things in life. What is the fundamental difference between the rich person, and I'm not saying rich just because he's rich, but the tendency, the tendency. There could be some rich people who go against the grain of this. And the poor pen. But the general idea is the rich man, he relies on his money. All he asks for Hashem is to watch it for him. Hashem, I got money. Make sure nobody steals it. Because I can make the money. I don't need your help. I made the money. (laughs) But make sure it doesn't get messed up. Right? Uh, Or it doesn't have to be money. You can be relying on other things. Let's say you're rich in brains, rich in strength, and all these other things. While the poor man knows he doesn't have anything, and he knows he only can count on Hashem, big difference between the rich man's prayer and the poor man's prayer. The Gemara says that when Chanina ben Dosa went to learn Torah by Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, Rabbi Yochanan was clearly a greater gadol; he was unbelievable. At that moment, when Rabbi Chanina ben Dosa came, Rabbi Yochanan ben son got very sick. So Rabbi Yochanan says, Khanina, my son." Is sick do me a favor pray for my son i'm afraid he's going to die so <laughs> he, he puts his f- face in the fetal position he davins to hashem and the child got better so rabbi yochanan you know said oh thank you you came here uh if i would have davened for my son he wouldn't have lived oh. that's what he said rabbi yochanan and Zaka, wife overhears everything uh, and uh, she doesn't understand. You're the rabbi, he's the student. What, what's going on? What, what, how could it be? Your prayer isn't good? Your student's prayer is better? So he says like this. He says, Hanina, my student, he prays like a servant before the king. He's like an Oni. Remember, Hanina Ben Dosa, the whole world he lives because him, but he only had a few carabs once a week. Fine, fine. That's what we call the la Laani. But I'm his rabbi. I'm the head of Sanhedrin. I'm an usher. So I'm the rich man. And the prayer of the poor man is so much more efficacious than the prayer of the rich man. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. We were learning in the Sefer Sha'ar and the from Rapinkas, a fascinating Zohar. The Zohar says, three times does it say, Tfila about somebody. Okay? It says, for example... Tefillah Lamosha, Tefillah Ladovid, oh, yeah. Tefillah La'ani. Wow. Okay. So, and they bring sources for that. Now, so Tefillah Lamosha, that shows you who's the best person in the world, Moshe. Tefillah David, who's the best king in the world? And then Tefillah LaOni Now the Zohar says, of the three, which is more Choshev? Which is more significant? The Zohar says it's Tfilalani.
1: Absolutely.
0: Tfilalani. Now, in other places, when they talked about Moshe's prayers, when he wanted to get into Eretz Yisrael, he prayed 515 times. The, the Medrash goes to town. They said his prayers were like unbelievable. What what kind of prayers? The Shema Muforesh, certain name of Hashem, things that were ripping the heavens apart, shaking the whole place and Hashem finally said Moshe you gotta stop if you don't stop I'm gonna have to listen to you and people are it's not gonna be good if I listen to you because there's gonna be all kinds of other problems but we have so such clarity Moshe's prayers were unbelievable yet the Zohar says the prayer of the poor one is more powerful than the prayer of Moshe Rabbeinu and David HaMelech and the reason is because the Ani has a broken heart and Hashem says, I never despise the prayer of a broken heart. Hashem listens so much to the broken hearted person. He has lots of
1: broken heart. So,
0: so this, is, this is what Hashem wants us to be. People figure, Ay, it, it's so terrible to be broken hearted. Broken hearted means I have nobody else but Hashem to rule There's nothing else. I have nothing. Now, that takes a lot of humility, but it brings you to a whole different mindset and a space with your relationship with Hashem. You begin to appreciate that relationship more with Hashem. So we're going to see in a minute, when we talk about Leah and Rachel, we're going to see how who's the usher and who's the ani in a second. Yeah, question?
1: Question? Um. Somebody also needs to, even though they pray for something and they can pray with a whole heart and three times a day, and their prayers are not answered, they have to. There's, there's an aspect that they should accept that those prayers are not going to be answered, and still keep the communication going.
0: So, are you making a question, a I'm comment,
1: making, I'm making a,
0: okay. observation? Tell I'm
1: me. Making, I'm making an observation here. So. Is okay. the system
0: set up that way? Yes. The system is set up that you know, they give a beautiful marshal to this fellow who is very sick and he has no cure for his disease, except there's one doctor who lives far away. Lives far away. So he makes a long trip and he meets the doctor and he has to be there for like a month for the doctor to take care of him. And the doctor's a nice guy, and the two of them really hit it off. Just, you know, not just patient and doctor, but as people. And during the month, as he's getting treatments every day from the doctor, he really has developed a very close friendship with the doctor. So he healed him, and he's ready to leave. He says, you know, I want to thank you for two things. Number one, I want to thank you for healing me. I want to thank you for me, such a good friend. And it was worth it for me to come just for the friendship. Now... If we'd ask him, well, which was the more important one, well, obviously he got healed. Okay, it's a doctor, but it's a nice uh, collateral benefit. But now we're not talking about doctor, we're talking about Hashem. So what we have to understand is that the hope is that when we're so desperate and we speak to Hashem, not only will he help us, but we're going to develop a good close friendship with Hashem, which is really important. Now, chas v'shalom, if prayer doesn't get answered you still have the friendship and it's not just with a person it's with the king of all kings cool. so that's what we have to realize the most important thing for a person in this world is to be friends with Hashem to be close with Hashem and life is such there's so much Busy things going on. We don't have time to be friends with Hashem. Sometimes we're good people. We but we have to make Parnasa. We have children. We have grandchildren. We Chesed. There's a lot to do, and Nebuch, sometimes you're so busy you got no time to talk to Hashem. Not in a mean way. It's just that's the way life is. So Hashem says, you know, I'm really afraid that we're gonna stop. you are gonna stop thinking about me, and really that that's the main thing I put you here for. So if we can focus in our suffering, it's really all about putting Hashem close to us. Now, if all the Jews would feel close to Hashem, that would be Mashiach would come. And that would be amazing. Not because we wouldn't have any problems. It's because of the prayers and the relationship that we've developed with Hashem. Okay? With me?
1: Yeah? Begs another question, and maybe the analogy is not perfect, but obviously if the doctor didn't heal... The individual, the individual would not be friends with this topic. No, he
0: would still be no, friends. Would he? He said, "You tried your best. He was a nice guy." He said, "I'm so happy to have made your friendship. I wish, I wish things would have turned out better." The doctor did everything. He did everything according to procedure. It was it did, he spared okay. no, no stone was left unturned. He went beyond the letter of the law. Don't you have times where uh, sometimes used to be? When you're at a funeral, and they thank the doctor.
1: Right. Of course. Yeah. Yes.
0: Absolutely. You always were there for us, and you came. Yeah, and, no, but still, and, and, and if you developed a friendship, to the you developed. But it, you yeah. developed a friendship with the person.
1: But if Hashem doesn't answer.
0: But he does. He's here the whole time. You know, I'm saying, you if you don't get what you asked for. It's. It, but you were okay. talking well, to him. You were talking. He right. was real to you. He, you understand when you say the words of Davni, you understand that he's a of Avharachamon. He's a when you, when was the last time you really thought that Hashem is a merciful God, that he loves you? Mm-hmm. You think about it, you know, we yeah, know I it's did. true, but we don't think about it for yeah. months on end, so we forget about that he loves us. But you keep saying you love me, you love me, so you, you know Hashem loves you, and you, you reinforce that love, it gets strengthened. But Hashem says, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. I wish I wish I could have worked it out for you this time. But it's much better that you don't get what you want right now. Mm-hmm. You have to understand what, how Hashem's talking back. Right. And how do you know that? By the words you're saying. Yeah. You don't say, okay, Mr. Tough Businessman, what's it going to take to get you to make a deal? It's not like we're dealing with Hamas here. Okay? They want to make an exchange with Hamas. Okay, God, you're a mean and vengeful God. And if I don't do what you want, okay, well, going to do Okay, let's cut a deal with you. It's, it's not a... Uh, what is, it's not a... What do you call it? Adversarial. A, a adversarial relationship. Yeah. It's a collegial relationship. And that's the Telus express this collegial re- relationship. Mm-hmm. So we're discussing it. You automatically are feeling closer to Hashem. And if, if we're only saying, I want... This the point. If you're... I'm davening to get what I want. Then you've missed the whole point of the davening. Mm-hmm. Then 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 God is a terrorist. Yeah. If that's all you're saying, so God's a terrorist. He's holding uh, your life hostage, your child hostage in a sick hospital, and if you pay enough, he'll give it. That is not the way we're looking at it.
1: Okay. No, not
0: at all. And the, it's it's not that you were bad and Hashem is punishing you. It doesn't have to, you know, it's not always because we're bad that we're suffering. Yes, hate ain't ain't hate. There's no sin without a sin it doesn't mean a sin. It means something's lacking. Maybe you didn't do enough here at all. But it's lacking in your relationship with Hashem. And Hashem wants to improve the relationship. Okay, so with this, we can understand this idea. With an incredible story. Um, and there was a, a yeshiva near Shalim that had top Bahram. Yeshiva. I don't know if it was a high school. But it was a yeshiva. And there was an American family that made Aliyah to live in Eretz Israel, and they wanted their son to be in this yeshiva. And he was a Mitsuyan, he was a masmid a great kid. And, uh, and the father uh, was a Rebbe in a yeshiva for Americans and the mother was uh, taught Tahar Samishbach. I mean, nice American family, but you know, it's not like a Yerushalmi family. <laughs> you know, there is differences anyway the kid's accepted he's in yeshiva then they find out this is a dated story obviously the parents had a television oy vav, oy vav, oy, the parents had a television not in this yeshiva nobody has a television in this yeshiva this is a Haredi Haredi yeshiva so now the Rashiva has said well, what are we going to do we accepted him he's a good boy but we got a problem If we people got to know, they have a television. What's what's with our standards? So you can always kind of maybe come up with some excuse, you make up an excuse. Oh, too many boys in the yeshiva. This that you know. It didn't seem right. It was a very difficult thing, and so therefore things kind of dragged. But they kind of mentioned to the to the parents like, you know, this is a problem. You didn't tell us this. So every night. So the boy knows, like, the kind of, like, it's not said, but it's like, like you really can't be in the yeshiva if your parents got a TV. And the parents said, What's wrong with the TV? Like, we're from people. I'm a Rebbe the yeshiva. What's wrong with a little TV? Okay, so we're in a difficult space. And yeshiva would, would really like to get rid of the kid, but it's not easy. So they're kind of always like deferring it. But the kid knows he's on the ropes. <laughs> So every night the kid is saying to Tehillim and he's davening that his parents should throw out the television. One day the boy asked his Rebbe if he can go to Nebrak and go to the stipler and to get a bracha that the stipler should do some kind of a miracle the that TV the parents TV. will get rid of the TV. So the Rebbe, she said, Okay. Uh, but you know now it's not good in two weeks you can go to the, to the stifler okay so he's about to two weeks pass about to go and the Rasheed says look you can go but you gotta be home by 10.30 you can't be out late at night there's another yeshiva rule you know 10.30 you're back anyway to make a long story start he takes the buses he goes to Bnei Brak he gets to Bnei Brak in plenty of time but you know the line is crazy and he's waiting and the stipler was old and the stipler wasn't well and he's waiting and waiting and waiting for hours and hours and hours and now he's only the second one left in the line and then someone comes out and says, sorry, the Rosh shiva is not well, he needs to rest. He can't see anyone for at least another two hours. Aye. Aye, aye, aye. Now, while the boy was waiting in line, you know, the stipler was hard of hearing. She so had to always write what you wanted you had to write it down because he said he going ah like he really was hard of hearing, so he, he was memorizing, looking at the paper, looking at the paper, and now he's crestfallen. So anyway, he's waiting. So he has to go home. Goes home. It's ten thirty. Cries. Says to him. That's it. Next day he comes to yeshiva. The rishim says, knew how to go. Oh, forget it. They, they closed down before I could get oh you should have told us I had connections I could find a way you wouldn't have to blah, 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 blah. okay five o'clock in the afternoon the phone rings in the yeshiva the phone rings the yeshiva very unusual for the phone to get five o'clock in the afternoon Stipe. it's the mother of the boy oh then the and says Rabbi Songz I just want you to know my husband and I threw out the television
1: there you go <laughs> <laughs> he
0: was shocked. He did, he, he didn't know. Oh, 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 okay, fine, that's good. So he could stay. <laughs> then he, he's thinking. He calls the boy over. You, you told me you didn't go to Rakhaim. No, I didn't go to Rakhaim. I'm telling you, honest, I didn't go to Rakhaim. I don't get it. It's like a miracle. So then the, or she thinks I got to call the mother back. Calls the mother back, says, You don't mind me asking you, I'm just wondering what caused the change of heart. Mm -hmm. So he said, I'll tell you very simple. When I went to my son's room, when he went to go to yeshiva, I went to clean up the room and the bed, and I saw a note that he had. And I read the note, and the note said, that he wrote for to reply him he said said uh, to, uh, to the stapler lkhwad harav hatadik ani mawakish me harav shitpalal lalkim ayas <laughs> mebed davdash shit tain lahorim <laughs> shali segel to give my parents brains lahotias at televisia mahabis to take the television out of the house kushalim maod maod it's very hard for me to And the mother reads this. So she says, what's going on? I teach Taras HaMishpacha. My husband's a Rosh Hashiva for Americans. We don't have Seichel? And my son has to ask the stipler that we should have Seichel? I spoke to my husband. Boom. We threw out the television. What was that? That's an example of, so the Rosh Hashiva said to the boy, that was a tefillah la'oni. That was a true prayer because before you thought the stipler was going to help you but now you knew the stipler couldn't help you and now you understand that only Hashem could help you. That's why Hashem could help. Hello. So this is the thing. So now let's just finish up a little bit more. Just a few more quick questions. So let's go back. We've answered a few questions but let's get back to the meaty ones here. So now let's go to Leah. What was Leah's response about the flowers? So she says... She says, It's it's enough that you took my husband. In fact, she said, My husband implies, yeah, she's my husband. And you want the flowers? Do you know why I got the husband? Because I prayed for him. Why aren't you praying? Why aren't you praying? And, yeah. she, and she's saying he's my husband and, and, and Rachel saying yeah she's my husband see up to this time who was the honey who was the usher before they got married Leah was the, Lea Lea was was the, the honey, honey. Was the and Rachel was the usher yeah. she was the usher I'm destined to marry Yaakov right. she's <laughs> of course she done uh, Hashem just don't mess it up but Leah Leah she's the honey she was crying and crying and crying. And Leia saying to her, how do you think I got him? Because I was praying my kishkas out. You want I some flowers?
1: I my eyelashes. You want to go to Reb
0: You want to get some flowers? You want to put a red string around you? You need to really dive in. Okay? And now she realized, you know what? She said, "Ishti's my husband, yeah, you know, think about it. Really, she's got more claim to be the husband because she has six kids with him. And now she gets this feeling, hey, if I'm going to fall into Esau, now Rachel becomes the only.
1: That's why I you said see, Rachel. So that's what Leah was doing,
0: trying to get her to understand that she, how did she have the kid? How did all this happen? Because you're the only. Now, of course, there's still there's a problem. But wait a minute. But wasn't Rachel such a Tzadikas? Didn't she give the, 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 the yeah. Simonim? Yeah. So the point is, yes, she gave the Simonim. She gave the Simonim. A hundred thousand in the bank. But when was the last time she went to bank to withdraw? Eight years before, she put in a huge deposit. Millions. The sacrifice she made was incredible. And, and that's what Yaakov and Leah are trying to tell her. Hashem wants prayer from you, sweetheart. You know, and you see when she gives, that's when she gives. Hagar. I don't have time, when she names the children, Don and Naftali, if you look at the Mephorshim, that all has to do with prayer. It's like Hashem answered my prayers. So she was praying, but, but they were saying, you need to be the real Oni. You got to get yourself to, Hashem wants you to be the Oni. And just because you made deposits, yes, you're you're sitting on a million dollars there. Uh, but vayiskar Hashem. Let's go back to what the pasuk says. Vayiskar Hashem. Hashem remembers. Source number eight. But vayishma ele He heard her. She was sitting at a gold mine the whole time. If she would have one laani, she would have been answered years before. But never she had to go through all that, and that's what Avon was telling her, and that's what Leah was telling her. I just got to finish. I'm gonna I still got the big big finish here. Mm-hmm. Okay. So So now the question is, so what's left? What did we not answer? One thing we did not answer is so what was the answer she said that uh, what are you you tricked me? You're the daughter of a trickster.
1: Yeah.
0: Aren't you a trickster? you got to think for a minute. How possible was it, and we, when you get a chance, you look in source 13 in the Malbim. What were the odds of Yaakov successfully stealing the blessings from Esau? On a practical level. What were the odds? Very, the Malb- No, much. I'm just, and the Malbim goes through, he gives eight things that Yitzchak realized were very unusual. Impressive. I mean, he told Esau, he didn't tell anybody else. How did Rivka find out about it? Yaakov isn't the kind of guy to do such a thing. There's, and, and the odds, and he almost got caught just by a minute. He would have got caught. Yeah. It says, just, just as Yaakov left, Asa didn't yeah. It's It's incredible. How could it be? You think Asa's a fool? And Yitzhak, you really think, the question is, we always ask, was Yitzhak so stupid he hears the voice of Yaakov and, and there's all these questions that are asked, all these questions. And we're trying to, well, well, the voice, but this voice kind of come up with, last week we said, well, it was this, this. Everyone's trying to crutch out an answer. Yeah. You know what? You don't have to come up with any answers. You know what? Yitzhak blew it. You know why? Because Rivka, uh, Leah, has been davening for many years not to fall into Esau's lands. She's been davening for like 50 years not to fall into Aesop's hands. And the only way, how could she not fall into Aesop's hands? She's the oldest, he's the oldest. There's only one way that Yaakov has to get the blessings. So her her, her tfilos, the tfilos shall ani, mama's changed the history of the Jewish people. Asaph should have got the bracha. There's no way. This last week, the story's nuts. There's no way. It's too crazy for this to happen. And Yisroh admitted he couldn't understand it. So was Yisroh. So sometimes God makes you a little stupid. You know, Yisroh could have been a little more clever. He could have. No, no, no. But Rivka was davening the whole time. So now Yaakov says, "What's this? What's this? You're, you're, you're in the bed." He says, "Listen, you're a trickster." I'm from a trickster, you're a trickster. You know How do you think your trick worked? Uh, I've been praying for prayer. you the whole time. Uh, you got the brachas because of me. That's what, she meant. that's what she was saying to him, Ooh. okay? And that was really the miracle that was conceived Ooh. by Leah's prayers. But why was she pray, pray, praying for him? Instead, she, she was she was praying because Hashem, be Hashem wanted her to get yeah, close yeah. to her. Hashem wanted her to get close to her. That's what she yeah, was. Yeah,
1: but she should no. have prayed
0: that Asav will not be oh, It Will what, be like what? Yaakov. That the she's what? So the The would do But you can't do that. Why? You cannot pray to change because a person's free will choice. She, will. Will. she was praying. I don't want to fall into Asaf. Why? Because Hashem, this would be the worst thing for for me. It'd be worse worst thing for Claudia's soul. So she's davening, she's davening, but she's davening to develop a relationship with Hashem. And when you develop a relationship with Hashem, so Hashem said, well, How am I going to make this happen? I, I don't have any way to, the only way I can make it happen is I have to put everything into motion that Yaakov was able to get it. So it's incredible that Yaakov was able to succeed because of her prayer so now you have to always know so what, why is Hashem doing all this Hashem wants a le'oni. He wants us all to be anim. what will be at the end that's of Hashem's business but if we're not able to pray on a much different level than we prayed six weeks ago then we haven't taken advantage of the situation yet so if we want things to get better it would help us to up our game that's really what it's about and if we get that message then everything else will work out and you'll see surprises of surprises if Yaakov could get the brachas the Jewish people can destroy Hamas Amen, Amen. So mission, right? just yeah. a quick question yeah. the
1: theme in here you
0: can close them. the
1: theme in here.
0: there you have to close that yeah. Yeah.
1: the theme in here is that